Hey folks, welcome to Pivot Point. My name is Joseph DiBiase and this is my podcast. Yes, indeed. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Joseph DiBiase. Welcome back to Pivot Point. What a great show I have for you today. I always say this, buckle up. (laughs) Hey, a little sidebar, though. I just, I don't know why I want to bring it up, but now the whole thing with the CDC and the mask and the no mask and the whole thing, if you're vaxxed, I don't know how we're going to know if we're vaxxed, but I just want to say just because we have a vaccine doesn't mean we have superpowers. It just means our chances of contracting the coronavirus are a lot less And if we do contract it, we may not have as severe symptoms. I don't know why I wanted to bring it up, but it's in me today, so here it is. On to something else. Okay. If you're like me, I'm sure you have had times when you're just having this fictitious argument in your head. And you're thinking, well, I'm going to have this point of view, and I'm going to say this, and this other person's going to have this point of view, and they're going to say that. And this cycle goes around and around. And I had this revelation about myself not too long ago that, and I'm going to use the word nearly, that in nearly all situations, I tend to believe the worst is going to happen. Now, I never thought that I really had that part of me. I just tend to think, hey, I'm pretty much happy-go-lucky and, you know, everything's fun. But on the inside, I'm starting to realize how many arguments that I'm having in my head (laughs) of things that aren't happening. So where am I going with this? So I'm sharing this because... I am now aware of this part of my being. And I start asking myself, well, where am I in this process? Where am I in the, like, when does this end? How does this end? And then this other answer popped into my mind, what if it never ends? What if, This is just part of the process of life. So I was like, so that means I got to continue on living as if I just don't know the answer. Because I really won't. We always change when we have awareness. You know, you bring awareness to something and then you go, oh, do I want to continue doing this or do I want to change how I'm doing or how I'm being in the world? So in something like this, you know, I can catch myself with this spinning argument thing, maybe more frequently, but in a process of working it out and maybe have it going away, what if it doesn't? So then that led me to how do you live in the questions? and not look for always having the answers. So I've been sitting with that 
And that applies to so many things, right? We always want to have answers to everything that we're doing. But as you're living as a creative person, isn't the juice in the question not the answer? I don't know. I think it is. There's something there. So I'm saying all this to say that there's an exploration going on about living in the question, which and if people who know me will know I have used this expression before. It feels like I'm running with my shoes untied. And that's an awkward feeling. Like when I played hockey, I had my skates laced tight so that it was just an extension of my leg and my foot. But the idea of running with your shoes untied, I mean, try it. Take your shoes, untie them, and even try to walk in them. It feels weird. It feels like you're going to fall. It feels insecure and unstable. That's what it feels like for me, living in the questions. And so I'm working towards that place of, I'm just going to get used to that. I don't always have to have the answer. So anyway, that's a long way of saying what's going on with my world these days. There's something wonderful, juicy, interesting to live in questions and not in answers, which growing up outside of Boston, you know, we all had to have the answers. Maybe that was just a survival thing. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. On the show today, Kimber, Kimber Terry, I, I, I am just so delighted that she's on the show today. She's a singer-songwriter. You can find her music pretty much anywhere. Her website is KimberOfficialMusic.com. KimberOfficialMusic.com. You can find her uh, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And I got to tell you, I've known Kimber for a very long time. And I know her mom and dad very well. And... Over the years, I've heard her voice mature, and I've heard the the lyrics and what she starts to sing about, what she's expressing, run deep. And I really wanted to interview her because she has something to say. In fact, she's allowing me to play a demo on the show. So I'm going to play that for you, and then you'll get an idea of who she is through her music firsthand. Okay, here she goes. Just used to 
Here we go. This is Kimber and I talking about her journey. Take it away, Kimber. How are you? Hey, good to see you. Thank you. You too. I know. It's been forever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Look at you. I mean, I, 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 I this is going to sound like an old man thing, but you look all grown up now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I was actually, it's funny. I was just talking to a friend. I was telling him about this podcast and I was saying, I think I remember walking into your office one day when I was like, literally five years old. Oh I think gosh. I remember you from that far back. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, how are you? What's happening? I, I'm i doing great. I, um, oh, life is crazy. Oh, yeah. Do tell. <laughs> um, what's happening on the music front is I, I think my dad had sent you, um, a couple of yeah. the things that I've been working on. Yeah. I'm not sure. What all has he sent you? Oh my gosh. I, you know, I can't remember the title, but he did send me something it was probably Silence Hurts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the pop one. Yeah. All right. This is so great. Okay. Let's go back and let's go ahead and start here. Okay. 
I know a lot of your history, but yeah. um, but I don't know some of the personal stuff. And I think the whole idea here is to really get an idea of your journey, a feel for it. Yeah. So when did you know that singing and music was going to be your expression? Well, <laughs> so the thing that I always tell people is that the joke in my family is that I literally came out of the womb singing, <laughs> um, which actually fun story about that. I was um, I was actually born in the car on the side of the road. So that's a crazy story. Oh, my gosh. I remember that now. As soon as you said that, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So I was in a hurry to get out and start making music. But um, no, but for me, I mean... It, it's something that it really has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was something where I was always singing as a child. Mm -hmm. Like it, I would be riding my bike or um, doing my school and it was just always coming out of me. It was something that um, I just loved so much. I was always making up these little melodies, even if they didn't even have words to them. I was always just... Um, you know, making up melodies and, and coming up with songs and stuff. And so for me, it was, it was something so natural that it wasn't ever like, you know, I can't not do this. Yeah, sure. Cause it was just something so natural. And especially growing up in a musical family with my dad in the music business. Um, it was just something that I was always surrounded by. I remember even when I was a kid, um, you know, I'd be trying to go to bed or something, going to sleep and I would hear him playing music in the living room and I couldn't fall asleep. Mm. I it would just, it was, causing these intense emotions in me that was something that I knew that words couldn't. So even from that young age, I knew like music is something that can express something beyond what words can. Yeah. That's something that's cool about any art form is that um, it expresses something that goes beyond, it goes deeper, mm -hmm. it goes beyond what words can say. And so I remember even as a young child having that feeling of like, I, I want to capture this feeling, mm. you know, I want to capture this thing that goes beyond words. And so that was really cool. Um, just to be able to look back and remember even having that experience as a child, because that's something that still to this day means so much to me mm. about, um, any, any form of artistic expression, I think has is so powerful because it's something that can make us feel something. Yeah. Now, does your mom, your mom, does she have a musical background? So she, she does. <laughs> it's funny. She does. Um, she never, growing up, she never um, really played music or sang or anything, but she actually plays piano. Okay. She um, took piano lessons for many years and plays piano. Um, so there's that from that side. And then my dad, you know, being in the engineer, producer, right. uh, writer that he is. And so... But I literally remember being, I mean, I would do, because I was homeschooled. Mm -hmm. I think you may know that yeah. about me. I was homeschooled. And um, I would sit there at the kitchen table doing my math, literally singing my math problems, like X equals Y. <laughs> wow. So it was something, I just, I loved it. I loved to sing um, forever, as long as I can remember. So I think one of my earliest memories of uh, a performance was, I was about nine and we had this thing that it was an event. I guess it was a talent show, but they didn't really call it a talent show, but it was called presentation day. Uh -huh. And I had written this song about my sisters. Cause you know, there's seven of us and I had, or I have six siblings, seven of us total. 
And um, I wrote this song called Sisters and I and I did that song for presentation day. And I was like, this is something that's going to be a part of my life for a really long time. Mm. Now, because you were homeschooled and you never went, you never transferred like from homeschool into public school. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's correct. I was yeah. homeschooled the whole way through. So you never really had like band or right. choir or anything right. like that. So have you had experiences then in like group experiences or has it always really been this individual journey for you? Right. So I'd say one of those really formative experiences for me that wasn't a group setting was I started singing in church when I was about 14 Mm -hmm. um, because I started getting involved with youth group. Mm -hmm. So um, the youth group had their own youth worship team. And that's actually how I learned to harmonize. It's how I learned to um, really just be a part of a band at all Mm -hmm. um, in general. And it was mostly singing, but I also got into playing some keys, Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. So that for me was um, amazing because I was just kind of thrown into this, like, well, here you go. You've never experienced really this side of it before. Um, And I was just super grateful for it because it really honed my ability to listen to what the other musicians were doing and, um, has continued to be a super huge part of my life, um, to sing in church and Mm -hmm. to be on worship teams and things like that. And so the other experience I'd say I would, I had that was more of a group feel was just my older brother as well was into music Mm -hmm. and, um, me and my dad and my brother would play together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Did you ever take privately study with anybody for, vocal like breathing techniques or yeah how was that for you yeah so so that was great so when I was nine actually or nine or ten um so again all this was happening when I was really young because I knew it was I knew I was like this is this is something that I want to do um and so I took vocal lessons um for about a year I think when I was around that age and then I also took piano lessons Um, so piano for me is something that morphed kind of into just the whole Nashville way of playing by ear and playing the the number system. And I use that for writing a lot. Um, and then I play a little bit of guitar, but by a little bit, I mean, very much a little bit. I understand. It's a hard, it's a hard instrument. The four chords in G is with a capo is what I've got, but (laughs) you know, Hey, it works for writing. Right. So, um, but yeah, so I did have those. That, that experience with the vocal lessons. And then again, when I was about 15, I um, went to some vocal classes um, that were super helpful for me. Um, I remember just discovering whole new layers of my voice that I wasn't even aware existed. Mm. And I also learned, fun fact, that for females, our voices don't fully mature until I think the age is like 30. Um so that that is different for men and for women, I'm sure you know. But um, yes. I was like, oh wow! So I've got a long way to go. <laughs> well, it's funny because you know your dad would always send me, you know, whatever mix he's working on, and I could hear yeah. your voice mature over yeah. the years, and it it started taking on a level of gravitas, if I can use that mm-hmm. expression, where there was weight behind what you were now singing. And I think mm-hmm. that's also part of your own like personal maturity. As yeah. you're growing up, you could, 
you know, you could, I could uh, hear that it's not that you were just singing for fun. You were also singing with purpose. Yeah. And there was, there was some heart behind what you were singing. And it was really exciting to see this transition. Mm-hmm. And I love where it's going for you. It's really fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Did you ever think about going to college for music? And, or, I mean, gosh, did you? I don't think you did, right? No. So, no, I didn't. I went straight from graduating high school into just pursuing this as a career. Um, and I did, I did think about it. I did. Um, but I I had this feeling once I got done with high school, you know, that feeling of finally I'm done, (laughs) you know? And so I think for me, it was, um, I was like, you know, I'm young, there's time. I honestly still might go to school, Mm -hmm. um, for music or for something else in the future. I'm definitely keeping that open as an option, but for right now, while I'm young and, um, you know, I have this opportunity, these opportunities in front of me to pursue this. I really wanted to um, just give that the the artist career my full attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a music degree could be super helpful with that. But also, I didn't feel at the time that it was something that I wanted to. It just didn't feel like the right time to me, mm-hmm. I guess, is the best way to say it. It mm-hmm. didn't feel like the right the right time because I was so I mean, in recent years, I've been so involved with writing and um, studio sessions and putting out my own music and, um, you know, all those di- and performances and church and all those different avenues that I've been a part of. I didn't want to um, have you know, honestly, just the gen eds to get out of the way first. I was like, I want to just put my whole heart into this Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. I often wonder about college. It's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But I totally understand why you'd want to just devote your whole time into creating your music and building an artist following. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that. How has that been working for you? What are some of the things that you are doing for that? That's actually one of the things that I'm devoting a lot of time to right now is trying to figure out because, I mean, our <laughs> my generation of the music industry is so different than previous generations. And one huge thing that goes into that is social media and Spotify and um, just learning how to network online. Mm -hmm. Um, And so honestly, I'm still very much in the process of figuring out how to build those things, but it is so much about relationship and Mm -hmm. it's so much about, um, you know, that's one thing that I love about even songwriting is that it connects me with, yes, other writers, but it connects me with other artists so that then we can kind of be in each other's corner, supporting each other and sharing each other's music and um, helping grow those different things. But I'm very much still in the, the, the learning and exploration process of how all of those things um, work and fit together. And I think, I mean, for me, as you were, you were, you kind of mentioned um, how there was a point where you felt like there was a little bit more, more heart mm-hmm. behind my voice and more, you know, you, you sense this weight of like, Oh, it's not just for fun anymore. Like there's something, there's something there. And what I'll say about that is that um, just from a, a personal standpoint, going into my young adult years. So I'd say from like 18 to, to 21, I was going through so much personally that I think it started, you started to feel that more in my 
in my art. Mm. And so um, I was experiencing, as so many of my generation do, a lot of um, just mental health things like depression, anxiety, and kind of going through a season that um, was causing me to do a lot of just inner healing kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even, you know, as I said before, from the time that I was little, I knew that that music could convey something that words couldn't. That's kind of been my focus as an artist is like, what can I convey that it reflects my experience, um, but also, you know, gives gives something to relate to um, for someone that's maybe going through the same thing. Like that my, you know, it, it used to be more music for me. It was more like, okay, how can I you know, sing something that I know people are going to want to hear and build the biggest platform possible and all of that. And then as an adult, it's turned more into how can I say something that means something deeply to me as an artist and like follow my artistic conviction Mm. um, and just see where that takes me. Yeah. Kimber, I'll say this expression to you and maybe it it will uh, have some meaning for you. But uh, what I've learned over the years is that vulnerability begets vulnerability mm-hmm. and our in our expressions our artistic expressions the more we right. become vulnerable the more it lands to people and they, Absolutely. they have that 100%. expression and that takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable yes yes and that's that's the thing i've realized for me is um i you know even in conversation with people I love to, to get to the meat. Like I love to like, tell me the hard stuff. Tell me what you've been through. Tell me, you know, just tell me your story. Tell me your life. Tell me the things that have been rough. Tell me the things that have been great and awesome. And, and I think music is such a powerful tool to be able to connect to people in that way. Like I want to tell the, the hard stuff. Like I want to tell the difficult stories and, um, you know, because life is so full of ups and downs and I'm very young and, (laughs) you know, my experience is so limited, I guess, to this point, but I even know how, when I have experienced an expression of art that has touched on something that has produced vulnerability in me, it's been such a powerful experience. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'd say is my biggest heart behind what I do is like, how, how can I use this to, let someone know that they're not alone in what they're feeling and that um, they have purpose and that what they're feeling is not maybe going to last forever. And even just being able to connect, connect on the deeper heart things. Mm. I love that. There's a lot about our humanity that seems to get glossed over and so yeah. much of life, even mm-hmm. with, um, social media. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of a, uh, a fake closeness, if you will. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was just talking to a friend, um, uh, zooming with a friend, a couple of friends last night and one's from New York. And, uh, I used to spend a lot of time in New York. I lived in New York for a while and, um, the New York today is not the New York I used to know where mm-hmm. today Back in the day, you would walk and everybody would be eyeballing you as you're walking in the street. Yeah. And you know how those pictures of just all these bouncing heads <laughs> in New York City. Yep. Now, everybody, and I don't have my phone, but it's like everybody is like face into phone walking. Yep. And I'm constantly going, heads up, 
heads up, you know, or mm -hmm. dodging people. I mean, I'm dodging people yep. anyway, but mm -hmm. there's this weird sense of how we think we're feeling connected by, yes. did someone respond to me? Did someone mm -hmm. like what I posted? Right. And, and it's immediate. Yeah. And when instead, like when we listen to an artist such as yourself and you hear a song that really lands right, you know, it touches you, mm -hmm. then that starts to open up that part of your humanity again, you know? Yes. And so, and I love it. And I love that you said you like to go to the, to the meat of a conversation yeah. <laughs> because it sounds to me like, you know, you're, you're a deep person, deep feeling mm. and you are comfortable there. It, my, yeah. when I was younger, my dad always used to say to me, we, we would sit and at the kitchen table and he'd have his breakfast, which was a cigarette and a cup of coffee. And I would <laughs> have my breakfast, you know, which was <laughs> eggs and toast. And we would chat and he would always say, he would say to me, you're always so deep in your head. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know where else I can be. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's something that honestly, I think a lot of artistic individuals really relate to is that sometimes along with the, the creative brain comes overthinking and, um, you know, just like being kind of stuck in that place of like, I don't know, there's something about the creative brain and being an artistic person that can sometimes have that alongside of it. Yeah. And we, we sometimes want to get rid of that where we're like, Oh, why do I think this way? And I've definitely had those thoughts too. I think it's just coming back to recognizing that, um, the, that also can be a strength. Yeah. Like that also can be very much, you know, sometimes our, our weaknesses are also, strengths and we just have to choose how to press into them yes it's our humanity i i, I yep you know um you may not know so for the past 10 years i've been studying acting and mm -hmm. it's acting is uh, what i've learned about acting is that um it's not about technique mm -hmm. it's about being human yeah. Mm. It's 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 not about oh, um I've memorized these words and I can say them. Right. It's more about I empathize and I am this person and mm -hmm. I actually feel if I allow myself right. I can feel what yep. this character is. And yep. rather than putting a separation between me and the character, it's like I am that character. And by doing that process, it's made me, as a human being, a, a better human being, more aware mm. of my surroundings. Kind of more empathetic, Yes, maybe. yes, yeah. totally. And more aware of how other people feel, or more aware of what implications mean. When people say yeah. things, what those implications really are, and are, are they really understanding what they're saying? Right. Um, but go ahead. You're going to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that as artists, you know, we get into this headspace sometimes of needing to to jump up above the crowd, which I think can make, you know, as you were saying, like if I just memorize these lines or as a singer, like if I just sing this the best that I've ever sung it before, you know, we get in this headspace where we're kind of trying to prove ourselves. Mm. Or if I just, you know, I write the best song ever, we're trying to, to poke our poke our head above. And, um, you know, that's, that's a great 
a great desire, the desire to be extraordinary and excellent Mm -hmm. in our art. But I think even beyond that, I think sometimes the mentality of proving ourselves can actually sometimes inhibit our creativity because we are, are trying to reach this lofty goal rather than like you were talking about kind of embracing our humanity in that moment of what, what am I feeling? What is someone that I know feeling? Mm. Um, How can I, can I use what, I have in this moment um, for something that truly deeply matters on that, that human kind of level Mm -hmm. rather than um, this comparison thing of how can I, how can I jump above the crowd? Mm. Because really it's the authentic art that ends up doing that, you know, right. It's the authentic, you know, the, the expression that it feels the most real that, that people really connect to, you know, it's true. It becomes a truth. So the way you're describing it, it sounds to me that you've had some of that struggle. The struggle of, you know, trying to prove yourself kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, really, I <laughs> it's funny talking about social media. Um, I have conversations with people in my circle all the time about this and just the effects of social media on the mind. Because it feels like, I mean, rightly so, it kind of feels like this very necessary thing for promoting your art Mm -hmm. you know it's it's something that is um of on the forefront of how to market yourself and market what you do i guess is a good way to say it and um but the conversations that i've had being and even just what i've experienced with that is um it does have an effect on my mental health it really does because i start internalizing well this person got this many likes, mm, you know, and mm-hmm. I got this many, or this person has this many followers. And I think f- for, for my generation, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll just speak for myself, but um, that can be a really crippling thing because you want to invest yourself. You want to um, grow what you've been given and you want to um, work hard and invest in those things. But also um, coming back to the point of, um, you know, this is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is not actually for anyone else. It's first and foremost for myself Mm. and then kind of growing it from there. Mm -hmm. You've said a couple of times, my generation, do you Mm -hmm. feel that it's important to delineate yourself uh, within your generation? Like, tell me more about that. What's behind that? Yeah. So I think, um, I just see, I guess I only have, we all only have the context of the way that we grew up. Mm. And um, I grew up with, you know, I think I had my first iPod touch when I was, you know, a young teenager and um, started getting involved in social media. And just from conversations that I've had with my friends, the way that sometimes that affects how we feel about our own worth as a human, because there is that sort of comparison thing of, we have the world at our fingertips. Like that's what it feels like. Mm. I was even just in a conversation the other day. It's like, I feel like there are endless options, you know, we have the world at our fingertips. And so sometimes I think that that can actually be overwhelming where it's like, how do I choose one thing to devote my, my time to when there are so many so many options, Mm -hmm. um, that, that could be chosen. And so I think that's just one thing that I've seen. And I, I'm sure 
you know, every generation has experienced a level of of that feeling in a different way, um, or even with with streaming platforms. I mean, we could we don't need to get into conversation, I guess, about Spotify and all that. Yeah, no, but, it's okay because um, it's it's changed the game, you know. But just how to use those tools and also still be human, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. is what I'm is what I'm getting at. Yeah, tell me more about some of the pursuits you've had with the business, the record companies, labels, managers. Tell me some of those hurdles. Yeah. So right now I am an independent artist. I'm sure you, Mm -hmm. you know that. Um, and through the years, there's been a lot of different, a lot of different experiences, a lot of different meetings, a lot of different behind the scenes and just exploring different avenues. Um, I think the, one of the earliest things that I, um, remember just as far as an opportunity when I was about 10 or 11, I think, um, or no, no, I was older than that. Then I was 14. I auditioned for a Nickelodeon show. Um, so I actually, I think you maybe helped me prepare for that. I I think you did. Um, and so that show never ended up materializing, but, um, it was, I don't, I don't think they even made the show. I'm, I'm not sure, but, um, I remember, doing that audition, kind of going more of that, learning more about the acting kind of route. Mm -hmm. Um, And then shortly after that, um, there was a label that had some interest and I actually had signed the letter of intent with them. Um, And then through, um, just through whatever happened there, I think there were, were things that I ended up not feeling it was the best fit. And they also felt like this, this isn't, Mm. you know, we had the intent there, but it, it, it just didn't feel like it was going to work. It didn't really pan out. Is that because Um, of the style of music you wanted to sing or what do you, can you talk about it? Um, that honestly, I'm trying to think back because I was such a young teenager at that point. I don't remember fully what the, what the reasons were. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just remember that there was some sort of, disagreement Mm. that we had where we couldn't kind of move past. Mm. Um, And then I was working with uh, some managers when I was about um, 17, probably 17 or 18. Um, I was working with um, a guy named Lance Wheland and Mike Smith. Mm -hmm. And um, that was that it was great working with them. Um, we just ended up, I think we came to the end of what we had originally agreed upon. Um, and I was still working with my dad so much. Um, I think we were kind of just, for me, I was in the place of, um, you know, looking for the next opportunity, I guess. Um, and I actually still am really connected with, with Lance Wheeland. He has a a studio in Franklin. It's super cool. He does writers events and I get to, um, go and be one of the writers at those events, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and he has artists that he's still managing that I regularly work with. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and then, um, there's been, I mean, there's been lots of other meetings. I, I have had a meeting with, um, centricity and, um, just, you know, different, 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 um, connections that have just been come along throughout the years as I've been through my, uh, growing process and none of them up to this point have panned out in one way or the other. Mm. Um, whether that's, you know, the meeting was just the meeting and then, okay, like 
see you. Nice to meet you. Right. (laughs) Right. Or, um, or it was something where it didn't feel, um, like the best fit for my, for my art or for, for my songs. So, um, I think where I'm at right now, I mean, what I'm, what I'm actively doing in my career right now is one, I I mentioned the writing. Um, I write for myself, but I also write with a lot of other artists and I've gotten a little bit into trying to, um, get connections in the TV sync, um, you know, writing, writing specifically for, uh, TV. Mm -hmm. So I do that with a couple of my friends and then, um, I also do studio sessions a lot more than I used to. So I have gotten really into that side of working as a background vocalist or lead vocalist for someone who needs a vocalist for their song. I love that. Mm. I love just the, because that to me too is a creative process. I love being trusted with someone else's song, you know, (laughs) that's a big deal, you know? Yeah. So I've gotten more into that side of things. And then obviously with COVID, there was not much of an opportunity for many performances or things like that. So that, I mean, everyone has been kind of in a weird zone (laughs) with that. Yeah. And then just releasing my own music. Um, So where I'm at is just one day at a time. Like I am, um, there are things on the horizon as far as hoping to have a label to partner with me. Um, But for me, as a human, as an artist, it's how do I stay true to what I know is something that is deeply inside of me and see what happens. Mm. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. I think that's the, that's the truth of your art, right? Is to mm-hmm. keep on expressing what is yours to express. Right. And the business side of it is the business side. And that's, it's always a, a hit or a miss or how we try to figure that out. And I think right today. Yeah. And I am much less educated on the business side of things than I am on that, you know, because yeah. I've been in such a, I'd say a personal growth process as just an artist, mm-hmm. um, that those are things that I am very much still in the process of learning yeah. how to tap, you know, step my foot into, I guess. Yeah. And do you find it that it's like, you have to kind of rise above the Nashville noise or are you yes. looking? Yeah. Okay. Or I, I was going to say, are you looking to go outside of Nashville? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, that would be great. As far as moving, I, I mean, I love living in Nashville, so I think it's hard for me to foresee actually living mm-hmm. somewhere else. But um, yeah, as far as traveling and 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 building, you know, maybe touring or in some other area, I think that that would be great, just because it is so. I mean, Nashville is amazing because of the connections and it's also very saturated. Sure. Um, so, so yeah, I think that I would, I would definitely love opportunities to perform, um, or work with people in a different area, mm-hmm. but Nashville definitely feels like home yeah. to me. Well, it has been home for you. I mean, you know, right. so you were born there. And, you know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> On um, the side of the road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't really suggesting a move, but I was suggesting the idea of looking beyond the noise of Nashville. The thing mm-hmm. that I find with social media is that our reach can go worldwide. Yes. And totally. how do we put ourselves in a, a different market that yeah. that people like? Right. And actually, one of those ways for, for me, um, my single Breathing Again that came out in... 
I want to say 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, we actually worked with some uh, radio promoters on that one. And actually that got some airplay in Ireland, which was crazy to me because I was like, wow, I, I would have never suspected Ireland, right? you know, if I was going to pick, um, I, 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 you know, I never had thought of specifically trying to promote there. Um, but that was cool because I actually got to, you know, kind of form some connections there. Um, I had a couple of interviews on radio stations and, um, that was a really cool way of kind of getting out mm-hmm. of the, the Nashville thing, mm-hmm. um, because it really is so different, region to region. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Nashville is, as you said, saturated. And every day there is somebody flying into Nashville with, you know, a guitar yeah. <laughs> on their shoulder. And, exactly. you know, it's like, here I am. It's it's kind right. of like LA. There are people moving to Hollywood all the time thinking, you know, I'm ready to be the next star. Right. And I think that's a good thing. We should all be yes. pursuing our dreams. Totally. But... Our paths are our individual lives. Like yes. nobody's path is going to be the same. Exactly. Yeah, and I think it's just being open to. I mean, yes, it, it takes a lot of dedication and hard work, and then also being open to opportunities that maybe don't look like you at first thought they would. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anyone that I is a friend of mine that has moved to Nashville for music, because um, I, I have a little bit of a different experience being born and raised here. Um, but they, yeah, it's, they always say it's the, it's being willing to not have everything go the way that you think it will, (laughs) which that's not just for musicians. I mean, any artist, it just doesn't, it just, doesn't. (laughs) it never looks the way we think it's going to look. That's for exactly. sure. Yeah. Well, and that goes for all of life in general, right? not just talking about art. Oh my <laughs> all of life in general. We can't really plan how it's going to going to going to pan out, oh, but Yeah, that's so true. I just wonder uh, I had a couple of thoughts that I wanted to ask you. Um do you think uh age is a funny thing and ageism is is here. Like, you know, people don't want to talk about it. We have laws, you know, that say you can't discriminate against age and yet it happens. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that, and you're not old, but do you feel that you've missed the bus? Is there a societal pressure that makes you feel like you should have made it already? That, that is a very great question because I think about that all the time. Um, because I remember, because I was put in situations where I was recording and I was in meetings and I was actively pursuing literally all through high school, I did have this feeling of like, Oh my gosh, I'm, you know, when I turned 20, I was like, I'm in my twenties and I don't, I still don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I think for me, it is, it comes back to that thing of I've been processing through what matters and why, and how can I be dedicated to the things that matter for me? Mm. And so, yes, there is an element of feeling like, you know, I'm 23 years old now. I have passed a certain mark of, you know, there's, there's people that have gained tons of fame in their early teens, you know, or like 13, 14. 
And so um, I think that where I am in life right now is not where I would have necessarily dreamed or pictured, but also I really wouldn't change it because as an artist, something that I learned um, was that when I was younger, my identity was so much wrapped up in my performance and how well I could do. And I think, you know, different, um, you know, just being in this industry, it can get so much wrapped up in that our identities, like who we are is so tied to our artistic expression. And so because I was so young, it was like, I put all my hopes in one path that, um, it took me, it took me maturing out of that and realizing, wait, like actually my freedom in this art is knowing that the entirety of my being is not wrapped up in it. Like it is a part of who I am. It's a part, it's a, it's a huge part of who I am. Um, but it is not only who I am. And so I think that has given me a lot of freedom in, um, I'm continuing to pursue opportunities. I'm continuing to do, um, you know, writing and just enjoying being in the behind the scenes aspect of it too, the studio sessions and all of that. I love, I love that. So even for me, if it looks a little bit different than I thought it would, I feel freedom to continue pursuing those things because I know that those things themselves don't define who I am. Mm. How did you come to that conclusion? Um, well, honestly, largely for me, um, it has to do with my faith. Um, I know that this is not everyone's story. Um, and I, I guess I'll just share mine that for me, um, you know, believing in Jesus gave me a level of confidence in who I am that I, I didn't really have before. Cause I think everyone has to, in their artistic journey, um, if you've grown up in a musical family, especially for me, it was a thing of like, am I just doing this because, I've always done it and people have expected it of me. And, you know, what is the actual reason why I'm doing this? And when it became personal for me was when I went through those, that hard season of, um, you know, the mental health stuff Mm -hmm. and seeing the way that music kind of honestly carried me through, like it was, it was therapeutic for me. And, um, I remember even through just, my faith and experiencing the Lord through music, Mm -hmm. I received a lot of breakthrough and freedom and healing in ways that I really don't know how to explain with words. It was just something that was, that was powerful. And I think, you know, even if people can't relate necessarily in the way that I'm, I'm talking about right now, we all have experienced something that cannot be put into words. And, um, for me, I was, my life so dramatically shifted when I experienced that, that inner healing through music Mm -hmm. with the Lord that I felt this whole new level of confidence to pursue my dreams, this whole new level to be myself because of experiencing him in that way. And so even, I mean, it's so interesting too. I've talked with Um, You know, I was going to a therapist at the time and she was saying how our brains, the way that they are wired when we sing, 
that is something that is even recommended for people who are going through depression or anxiety or something like that, because the way that music affects our brains. Mm. And that was so intriguing to me um, because I have seen that to be true in my own life, that um, there's such a deepening of our, our art and our, our freedom when we, I, I just think it's so amazing to think about the fact that our bodies and our brains and our art and our, you know, our creativity is all intertwined into one. It's all intertwined. Yeah. And um, so I guess, yeah, I can't even remember your original question That's now, okay. but I guess well. <laughs> along those lines is, is just saying that my, my journey has been one of, um, you know, music means a lot to me because it means a lot in my story. Yeah. And um, that in and of itself is reason enough to always devote myself to it. Yeah, I understand. Can you talk a little bit about some of that uh, darker time? Are you open to talk about what that was like for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, um, so when I was about 19, I had been through, um, a pretty just unhealthy traumatic relationship. Um, and I was actually engaged to be married when I was 19, um, and then experienced the broken engagement. And that had a lot to do with it. Um, because I think probably most people can relate to, you know, think back to a time in their lives where they felt like something that they had, um, they had dreamed or they had hoped for didn't come to fruition. Like something that they had planned for their life kind of came crumbling down. Mm -hmm. And that's a very helpless feeling. It's a, it's a very helpless kind of experience to realize that, um, something that you had hoped for didn't come to pass, but it was more than that too, just because of, you know, there was definitely the, the heartbreak element of it, but it was also, I feel like a season where I was really deconstructing, um, just what do I believe because I believe it or what do I believe because it's been taught me my whole life, you know, kind of, kind of reconstructing, um, my belief system and figuring out why do I believe what I believe? And, um, it was a time of also just crippling anxiety. Like I I know, you know, some people relate to that. Some people don't, but if you have felt it, you know what it feels like, (laughs) you know, it feels like a, a prison that you can't get out of, I guess is the best way that I can think of to describe it. And I remember times of just being like on the floor in my room. And I mean, this is definitely me getting pretty personal here, but it just, I, um, I didn't know what to turn to or what to do other than to sing and Mm -hmm. to, um, figure out a way to express what I was feeling and to just give that back, you know, to, to kind of use that Avenue to express myself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think that we've all experienced the ups and the downs. I mean, we definitely all have my experiences. Definitely. I mean, my experience is unique to me, but I know that a lot of, you know, there's, there's so many different experiences that people have where they kind of come to the end to the end of themselves. And that's how, that's how I felt was I was like, I'm at the end of myself. And, um, from there, 
that's what I think gave me the passion of wanting to write music that that is deep yeah. and wanting to write music that is relatable to people going through something that's difficult. That's really well said. And thank you for being open like that. Um, it's, it's, it is remarkable for me to hear that, that kind of self-evaluation, uh, happened to you. It's at, you know, a late teen age, early, tw- yeah. early 20, 20, 19, 20, that usually doesn't happen to people until mm. their mid thirties mm. and they start hitting their forties and they start realizing life isn't at all what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times we try to run from pain or we want to have our life free of pain. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree with that. I don't look for pain. However. Right, right, right. Who would? <laughs> right. But in the pain comes the, the gems of artistic expression. Yes. Yes, totally. And that uh, is, to me, a, a mystery of life. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, and I think it, it shows that that experiencing pain there is a redemptive silver lining sure there can be for sure yeah and what i would say as a as just my own commentary is i'm impressed that you didn't run away from it Mm -hmm. and that you didn't choose something to bypass it Mm. thank you you know you really examined what do I believe? What do, what's real for me? And and you said this earlier in your in your expression about what your faith is. It's mm-hmm. it's, and I just want to underscore it's your experience. And and I think right. that's how it is for every single one of us. It's right. our own experience. And and because of the experiences that we have, what does it do in our life, and how does it change our life? Mm-hmm. And it's probably around that time that I noticed you're singing. I shouldn't say probably. It is because if we're yeah. talking, you know, four years ago, it, right. it is when I remember saying to your dad, because I didn't know this was happening, yeah. um, that I'm starting to hear some some weight behind yeah. her voice. And that's, again, I'll use the word mystery, there's a mysterious thing that happens when somebody sings um, and it vibrates, at least for me, and I'm like, oh, I, I, my breath yeah. is taken. I, I remember when I was uh, writing some music on Alpha and I needed a, a female's voice. And I remember Kristen was saying, you know, what about Kate? Kate St. Pierre, she's, um, she's a friend of ours in Las Vegas who sings and um, does a whole lot more. She's multi-talented. So she sang some tracks, the uh, the stuff that I marked up. When I got them, you know, the hairs in my arm were just like standing up and the, the this there's something that just moves you to the core. Yeah. And I, do, I, t- I don't understand how that is, but somehow yeah. in our voice transports this energy for lack mm-hmm. of a better word 
that right. moves us. Mm. And I don't know if it's the truth behind it, if it's the vulnerability. I really tried, I stopped trying to analyzing it, but I, I respond to it when I hear it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think it's something that really can't be analyzed. Yeah. You know, it's just such a powerful experience. And I'll just say about, you know, kind of you were saying that you noticed something shift in my voice around that time. Um, I remember going into the studio one day to record something and it was kind of during that season. And I felt like this whole new level of um, being able to sing with emotion was unlocked for me. It, mm. it was something I was like, whoa, like I've never sung like this before. You know, it was something that I was experiencing totally new. And I remember connecting in my brain because I mean, you, like you were talking about earlier with the um, acting, mm -hmm. you know, being able to to empathize with a character mm. and kind of embodying that. I think I started to view singing in a somewhat similar way where it was yeah. like, even if it's not my own song, you know, I can connect in a different way because I am now more connected with my own self. <laughs> like it kind yes. of sounds kind of weird to say it that way, but because I'm more connected with who I am and with my experiences I can connect better in this art form. Yeah, that's so well said, actually. Being connected to yourself mm -hmm. is, is so important. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is that every day we don't wear the same. Yeah. Every day is a new kind of, uh, how am I feeling today? And, you know, sometimes yeah. you wake up feeling you know, maybe really great or not so great. Right. And every place there's a, uh, there's a place for, I want to say, you know, deep digging, if you will, there's something. Yeah, there, you know? <laughs> that's true. Which are, you know, music or painting or drawing or whatever mm. acting, mm -hmm. it can help us explore that. It really can. Yeah. Um, and kind of even as a mode of, as a method of connecting to whatever we feel on that given day. Mm -hmm. So tell me, I know we're getting, I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, gosh, we've, we, we're getting near to the end here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're just begun. Um, I am curious as uh, for you, what is it that really moves you that you want to continue doing the deep dives on? with your lyrics? Mm, mm. Well, um, there's kind of two, two sides to that, I guess. Um, but the first I'll just say is, I mean, I love, I love writing pop music. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of thrive in that, um, sad pop ballad kind of mode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's one of my favorite things to write. And the cool thing is that, um, you know, for, especially for female artists, but really for male or female artists, um, it can be cool to explore how maybe you write something as a ballad, but then in production it switches and, you know, like mm. Lennon Stella, I'd say is a good example. Like I've been really inspired by her music. Um, you know, sometimes she's writing about really heavy topics, 
but it is sounding like an upbeat song, mm-hmm, you know, so mm-hmm, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. lots to explore there. But I'd say for me, just what I want to continue to explore with my lyrics is just as honest as I can be, mm-hmm. um, is a good way to explain that. And, you know, I was, <laughs> I grew up in the era of one of my heavy influences being Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. um, because I was that demographic, you know, I literally yeah. was her, <laughs> right. I was her target at that age. So, um, but I remember one of my favorite things that I've always remembered about one of her songs is that she literally uses the word refrigerator in the chorus of one of her songs. (laughs) And I remember thinking only Taylor Swift can get away with this and have it still, you know, only her, but that inspired me to, how can I, how can I paint a picture? You know, cause the, the whole line is dancing around the kitchen in the refrigerator light. And that just creates this beautiful picture in your head. And I was like, dang, that is what is available to me as a songwriter to, t- to tap into um, saying something in a way that no one has ever said it before. And, you know, you could ask my songwriter friends, usually I say this a lot in, in writing sessions, is like, how can we say this in a way that hasn't been said? You know, because there's a million ways that we can say something that has been said before. Um, but I think that that's where I'm I'm seeking to grow as a writer and as an artist is like, one honesty and authenticity and two saying it in a way that creates a picture and has never been said before. Mm, that, yeah. Well, that latter sounds like a poet, <laughs> right? It's like poets are saying something in a way that we've never heard them put it together that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me, um, as a female artist, do you find your journey well, just tell me a little bit about that. Is it, do you find, boy, I'm just going to put it out there. Discrimination. Yeah. Is it tough because um, it's dominated by a male uh, world? And how is that for you? Well, my experience, um, I mean, I can, I can share one experience that um, had an impact on me at a young age. Um but I would say in general, now, I, I don't find a lot of discrimination towards me that I have been through. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I think that it exists 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of women have experienced much worse things as far as that goes than I have. Um, but one thing that was a pretty impactful, I'd say, um, experience that I can, that I can share is I was a young, a young girl. I think I was 14 or 15 because this is all so much when I was young, it's very much, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of processing on like, well, what did that mean to me then? And Mm. how did I feel about it then? And, you know, just kind of this coming of age story (laughs) of my, my life. Um, but I remember sitting in a meeting and it was like, they were talking about me in the third person of like, well, she's got blonde hair. Like she's, you know, has this voice going for her. And it was, they said like, we could sell, we could sell this. And the way that that was meant. Yeah. So objectifying. Not the way that I intern. I mean, I internalized that as like, I 
need to create a good enough product and be a good enough product Mm. um, that this is something that these people feel like they can sell. And that is, (laughs) that's been something that I'd say I'm still um, on the journey of figuring out the ways that you know, what did that mean to me then? And, and, and how, what, what was said and what was meant by it and what, you know, Mm -hmm. all of those different questions. But, um, I do think that that's why I'm so passionate about, um, just, you know, being who you are, being authentic in your artistic expression and, and prioritizing that over prioritizing whatever you're marketing, Mm -hmm. because people are not products. They're not. And, Yes, you are creating a product, but I never want to make someone feel or for myself to strive to be like a product Um, because we're human and we need to know that that's okay to be human. Kimber, so well said. Thank you. Thank you. I want to say thank you for being on the show. This was really great. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm seriously so honored. I'm just so honored you would have me. So thank you. Oh, well, the pleasure's mine. And uh, I look forward to maybe uh, we'll do a a catch up some six, eight months, see where you are, what's happening. We can do a little quick. Here's a a look back at what Kimber up to now. So uh, I I would love that. It's so great to be with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You too. And uh, we'll talk. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Boy, what a great conversation. I just loved talking with Kimber. I mean, part of it is, of course, like I've known her when she was younger. I totally forgot that she was born in the backseat. I remember what her dad let a lot of us know. But to see how she has grown and a voice that is just a beautiful voice and then her lyrics that are able to really reach out and touch part of our humanity. And we're hearing it from, you know, she talks about her generation. And that's the way it is, right? Every generation comes up. And now we have a new perspective. Find her on Instagram, her website, KimberOfficialMusic.com. You can find her on Facebook. Thank you, Kimber. All right, next week, April Cleveland. She's a director, educator, and creator of the Exodus Ensemble. They create wild and immersive theatrical events, and they're in Santa Fe, New Mexico. That's going to be next week. Okay, now keep in mind that just because you're vaxxed doesn't mean you have a superpower. And remember, if she's doing it, why not you? <laughs> <laughs>